Welcome to Dig It. I hope you're having a beautiful Friday morning, and I also hope the week has gone really well for you all. Uh, I am here with my two lovely ladies, the Sharp Edge and Corey Lynn of Corey's Digs. What's happening, ladies? Hey there. Hey there. Hey there. <laughs> Not as enthusiastic as I'd like to hear. Come on. Oh, it's just, a, just another day <laughs> in Thunderdome. <laughs> it's a bit like that. There's so much going on. I tried to go to sleep early last night, and I realized my cat wasn't next to me. And I'm laying there in the dark, which is, you know, impossible. He's my shadow. So I'm looking all over the house. I'm calling him. You know, he comes like, like a dog when you call him, and I can't find him anywhere. I finally find him locked in the laundry room. Literally, he's like this sneak man. He slithers in behind you, like wraps around your ankle without touching it, and sneaks in when you open a door and you don't even realize he went in. Yeah, I had, had it open. I had puppies that used to do that all the time. I think he had to have been in there for like four hours. And he didn't even bang on the door. Aw. So, as long as you found him. I didn't even have a cozy laundry basket in there or anything for him. <laughs> oh, poor king. <laughs> so, yeah, I was up to like four after that. <laughs> I'm always up to like four. I'm waking up at four. Here I, I know. Am you, four. Guys, you guys go to bed when I wake up. That's, that's how screwed <laughs> up our schedules are. I'm like, good night. It's tough. <laughs> well, today, today we're going to touch on all the election debacle. Uh, Edge is going to cover a few states. We're going to have some words on, on what's going on with Linwood, Barr, and Sydney Powell. Uh, we're going to touch on Corey's three articles, a little bit on all, uh, continuation from the COVID report. Uh, one she did today about food lines, and the other one, do you have a name for it yet? The, the other one was on uh was actually written by a teenager um regarding the constitution versus the communist constitution oh beautiful yeah i'd like to hear about that and i will talk just a little bit about australia china relations which just seemed to be heating up a bit over the last week or so uh so let's um let's dive into it ladies what would you like to start with oh well how about we just start with the elections? Yeah, let's it, do it's it. The bulk, it's the bulk <laughs> of the just podcast. Like, oh, let me grab my notes. <laughs> it, it, I'm quite the commentator on, on, on this election cycle. Oh, man, it's crazy. It is crazy trying to keep up with all this. We have so many states, so many lawsuits, so many hearings, so many witnesses. It is really tough to keep track of, but I'm going to try to give a synopsis of where we're at with everything. So Pennsylvania, you know, we had Senator Mastriano, Mastriano who was presenting this Senate resolution uh, to reject the Secretary of State's premature certification and designate the lawmakers with the authority to award the presidential electors. That was introduced uh, Monday, and he said that, you know, the House is supposed to be putting together legislation that mirrors that bill, but I haven't heard anything yet more about that. So it's been a few days. I'm hoping we should get some sort of update on where they're at with that, but... Uh, we need to keep an eye on that um, because that would be huge if they if they do pass that and are able to um, restore the power of the legislators to uh, put up the electors. Uh, so we'll see where that goes. Um, Arizona. So while that that hearing was happening in Arizona with all of the compelling evidence and the, the witnesses and Giuliani and Jenna there. Meanwhile, t Governor Ducey decides to certify the votes, uh, same time. And mm -hmm. so that was just bizarre to me, the timing on it. And did you see how um, Trump had actually even called Ducey on camera? On camera, Ducey gets a phone call from Trump. Ducey does he not take that. the call. <laughs> Ducey didn't take the call. All right. I missed that. Yeah. So hmm. uh, Ducey certifies this, this election uh, despite all of the compelling evidence that the Giuliani and, and the Trump team were presenting simultaneously. But, Wisconsin uh, did that too. 
He went <sighs> certified while this hearing was going on. God, what an insane week we've had. I know. And then we had that compelling evidence of the Dominion um, machines. There was a, a cybersecurity special there. He was representing other cybersecurity specialists who had... Uh, and they were, he had testified that uh, that they could they mapped out and saw you know looking at the data um, that the machines were connected to the internet that they actually tracked the traffic going over to Frankfurt Germany and everything. So, hasn't there been like three military um, analysts now that have spoken about all of this? I know there's a whole team, and the only one that I saw speak and like testify with, you know, affidavits and with evidence, like a whole packet of information, was this one gentleman at the Arizona hearing. Uh, but he was representing a whole team of people, so I don't really know how many. Uh, I think there's been three. In, okay. In, not necessarily all in Arizona, but I think there's been three overall. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, but also since then, Wednesday of this week, Sidney Powell filed a new lawsuit in Arizona, and this is against Doug Ducey and Katie Hobbs, requesting an order to decertify the results and an emergency order to seize the voting machines. Mm. So we should be hearing more about that hopefully Friday when this um, podcast airs. So we'll see what we find out if they do um, get the ability to seize Dominion machines or all machines, I'm not really uh, sure, in order to do forensic analysis. So uh, Michigan, hmm. we've had a couple of days of hearings in Michigan where these witnesses, you know, one by one, they were providing hard proof, testimony under affidavit um, of election fraud, and we're talking everything from, you know, dead people voting to votes from people with invalid addresses of burnt down buildings and vacant lots to workers yeah. testifying that they were directed by their supervisors to backdate absentee ballots by the thousands and thousands, yeah. like 10,000 a day. That's the craziest part right there is all of the firsthand witnesses, the people that actually worked there that are speaking out against the orders they were given. I mean, yep. that, the, those are smoking guns right there. I know. And then plus we had this Dominion employee testimony in Michigan at these hearings as well. And she's talking about how she witnessed people uh, running packets, get uh, batches of 50 ballots at a time, running them five, eight times over mm -hmm. and over again. And then also talking about suspicious activity, voter fraud activity happening at the Department of Elections building, which was like off-site, where ballots were supposedly brought in. So, um, you know, that, but that whole Senate hearing, what, what the vibe that I got from the, the members, they were just blowing it off. Each of these witnesses, uh, they were combative even at times. Yeah. Um, and, and it was really, really frustrating to watch this, um, how they, you know, on one hand say there's no evidence. And then on the other hand, when there's so much evidence and testimony being presented and they roll their eyes, blow it off. They attack, yeah. you know, attack their credibility. It's ridiculous. Um, so That's what they do. Mm -hmm. it's frustrating, really frustrating to watch this. Um, yeah. In Nevada, uh, the Trump team, they are presenting their evidence in, in court Thursday. So uh, hopefully we'll be getting more information by the time this uh, podcast airs on Friday. Um, so the, um, the evidence that they're presenting, it's, you know, like 1,200 dead people voting, 42,000 people voting twice, meaning like there were votes that counted in Nevada while the same person supposedly voted in another state. And they have like 42,000 of those. And then they have over like 15 witnesses testifying in court on Thursday. So we're waiting to see what happens with that. But they also won, according to Sidney Powell, uh, she, this was like a week ago, she said that they won um, a discovery order in Nevada for to forensically examine the Dominion voting machines in Nevada. So I'm really interested right. to hear more about that. Yeah. Um, and then we have Georgia. Little <laughs> Georgia. Oh, where everything and anything goes down. Oh, it's so crazy. Georgia's a mess. So and that we, we have to rely on for the Senate. Exactly. Okay, so we have more hearings happening Thursday. 
they have been a total farce so far. The representatives have had little to no interest in getting to the bottom of the election fraud in this hearing that's happening on Thursday, um, the day prior to us uh, airing this podcast. But it's all, you know, nothing to see here, folks. Uh, Meanwhile, um, the, there's a, a federal appeals court has agreed to expedite Sidney Powell, Powell's case, and we should be hearing something by Friday when this podcast airs on that. And if they're able to seize Dominion machines for forensic analysis there as well. But we do need to talk about this, and this might be a good segue um, into. Go oh, ahead. wait. I have a question. So. I was following, you know, it's so hard to follow everything at once while also working on reports and editing articles and stuff. But so I'm catching all this back and forth on the destruction of the Dominion machines, you know, like they were putting in an order to be able to uh, forensically go through those, I believe. And then it was like this back and forth. The next thing we know, these machines are all being removed Yep. And then we're seeing videos of laptops all being bundled up and removed out yep. into some recycling truck and everything. So have you filed that enough to see what is I've legit seen, there? Well, I've seen a lot of what stuff that, you know, Sydney Palace posted about it, uh, Code Monkey, who Code Monkey is, if people don't know who he is, he's uh, been the operator. He was the operator over at uh, 8chan and then um, ate Kuhn and then has since left that and really full time it looks like he's really been assisting uh, you know Sidney Powell or Giuliani or Linwood or anyone who's interested in information because of his IT expertise he's been really uh, posting a lot of stuff on Twitter about the Dominion stuff and he has been following that very closely I've seen uh, Sidney Powell uh, you know, retweet things that Code Monkey has presented um, on the Dominion stuff, and I've seen a lot of videos where it appears that, you know, since um, they they knew that Sidney Powell's um, you know lawsuit was coming up, and that they were going to try to seize, uh, you know, Dominion machines to be able to forensically analysis uh, analyze them, um, that it looks like you know there are all these videos are coming out now of 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 you know machines being hauled off and you know supposedly wiped and you know it's really hard to get to the bottom of what what is really going on there because it's just like yeah. the wild west. Right. Anything goes. Yeah. And you really have to sift through a lot of it to say, okay, what's really happening here? What's the, tr- get to the bottom of the truth. And the thing right. is, the, the sad thing is, is that, that we're all having to do this. The media is not doing this. Uh, the right. FBI is not doing this. Nobody is doing this for us. And they should be. They should mm-hmm. be. And it's, it's ridiculous. It's infuriating, to be honest right. with you. And um, that's, that's a good segue into a uh, bar before you get into Lynn. Okay. Yeah. So that's the other big news that dropped this week, you know, so bar a couple things that with bar that came out this week is uh, that were both really, really unsavory things to hear from him um, were the there's no evidence um, of voter fraud, which I think they actually kind of mixed, mischaracterized his statements, although I'm still not happy about him. But I think what he was actually saying is that there's not enough evidence that he has seen to overturn the election. Now, just personal opinion here, I don't really see much in the way of looking, because look, if anybody takes just a glance they're going to see overwhelming evidence enough to warrant an investigation. Absolutely. And so for him to even say that to me is absurd Um, unless there's something else going on there that, um, you know, there's a lot of cloak and dagger. People are like, what, you know, what moves and counter moves, what kind of 5d chess is happening here. And I do not have all the answers on that because I am absolutely baffled by it myself so and also i think sometimes people lose sight of the fact that sometimes are exactly as they seem i'm not saying that's the case here i'm just saying i've seen that time and time and time again where people 
you know, either jump to conclusions or overreact, or they create a story in their mind of how they want to see it playing out. And they say, well, this is what's happening. And sometimes things are just exactly as they seem. I'm just saying. And, and I don't see a lot of people <laughs> sticking with that part of it. Yeah. Occam's razor. What is the most likely uh, scenario? And, you know, and you have to go with that when you're trying to, 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 to figure out how these things are playing out. But there is so much misinformation, disinformation. We, listen, we are in a war right now. It's not bombs and guns right now. It's an information war. Yeah. And there are all kinds of, <laughs> on this battlefield, there are all kinds of pieces of information flying at you from all mm-hmm. sides and it really is in this uh this with this whole bar thing it, it's hard to cut to the truth in this information war that we're in on what you know what role bar is playing um i'm leaning more in one direction and i'll you know go go into that in a second um but I will also put a caveat on it that I want to see kind of by mid-December, like around December 18th, December 20th time, um, where we're at with this. So um, I'll I'll explain. But uh, the other part of a piece of information that came out about Barr is this whole thing with uh, appointing Durham as special counsel to investigate Russiagate. And, you know, uh, that really has upset a lot of people. We, 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 we wanted indictments. We wanted indictments before this whole election debacle. And even right. Trump mentioned his frustration in that speech this week. He said it was the most important speech he's ever given or will give. And he talked all about the election fraud. He, he talked all about basically this coup. I don't think he actually used the word coup, but he did talk about, uh, you know, the whole thing that he's been through uh, since 2016, uh, how they spied on him and then how, how they've been going after him ever since. And this is just a continuation of that and how, you know, uh, he, he was expecting more basically from Durham um, that he did, Durham didn't do anything. He didn't want to go after these people, even though they caught him cold. He didn't want to go after him before the election. And he said something to the effect of, you know, who knows if he's ever going to even put out a report. So it seems like, um, you know, that Trump obviously lost, lost confidence in Durham um, and implying, um, you know, in DOJ in general, but well, again, go this ahead. morning, I don't know if you saw, but this morning, Thursday, uh, a reporter asked, do you still have confidence in Bill Barr? And he, he paused for a few seconds and then looked into the camera and said, ask me that in a number of weeks from now. Yeah. Yeah. So. And that's kind of what I want to do too, is, is wait for a few more weeks. I know people are like, nope, you know, they've made their decision. And I get that because um, prior to the election, we were like, you know, we're not seeing indictments. Then election time came. We're like, we didn't get the indictments Biden we needed. Biden investigated and never run for president in the first yes, place. Yes, yes, yes. And, so, and so people had already kind of made their decision about Barr and all of this, you know, around that time. And this kind of has sealed the deal for them. Um, and I totally get that. Uh, but other people are saying, no, this is, you know, 5D chess, you know, hold on, hold the line. And I, and I, understand having that kind of you know easy uh, just uh, not not jumping the gun um, waiting a little bit longer and the reason why I say December 18th is that you know that executive order that Trump put out in December tw- or was it December it was 2018 um, about election interference uh, by foreign governments uh, that specifically requires Ratcliffe to do an assessment of election interference by foreign governments with the deadline of 45 days after the election, which puts it at mm-hmm. December 18th. Gotcha. So um, I'm, I'm kind of wondering um, what things may fall into place by that time. Right. And I kind of want to just, just, you know, look at that, look, look at that time frame. see what happens, if anything, um, and kind of go from there. But I am definitely leaning towards, you know, DOJ could have done something by now mm-hmm. and they didn't. Um, and, and, you know, Sidney Powell said something to the same effect. You know, we, we, we're 
presenting all this information to the DOJ, but I don't really have a lot of confidence in, in, right. at this point. And I understand people that have just had enough. I had a, I understand people that have jumped the gun already. Like I completely get it. I mean, so many things that we want to happen by now and we haven't seen any of it. And it is disheartening and it does piss you off. All right. So I, I, I understand that from some people's point of point of view as well. I mean, we can we can keep saying five D chess, five D chess, but you know, we have to see something. You know, for God's sakes, we really have to see something. Yeah. Yeah, we're down to the wire here. And uh this it's not helping because, you know, we feel like everything's against us, right? The people. The people, right? You know, we've got the FBI against us, the DOJ against us, our elected officials against us, the whole damn system's corrupt. You the know? scientists. <laughs> everything. Everything, you know? All the three-letter agencies. Let's just yeah, sum it up like that. We've known the whole system was corrupt. We yeah. just, I, I think a lot of people didn't think how deep that it went, even within our own cabinets. Right. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Everyone's showing their true colors now. They are. Really, they are. It's been really interesting to see because, and we always knew that there were some Republicans that were sellouts. And right. so those people have really come to the surface now, haven't they? You know? Mm -hmm. Like, Most for example, do you see uh, certifying the votes in Arizona and that sort of thing? Most, most of these people work on just sustaining their own individual power. And that's the saddest thing about it. They will work to whatever benefits them, not the people in any way, shape, or form. And that's both sides of the aisle. Yeah. And you can see this swamp happening. Like, Georgia is a really great example of this, where it's like the Republicans in that state are just as bad as the Democrats. And this is why the people are so pissed in Georgia. And I understand that sentiment. Because, you know, the deplorables... They feel like, look, for one, you know, the, the election was rigged. Uh, now we're disenfranchised. And now you're asking us to run again. You're not changing the rigged system. You're actually doing a repeat, repeat of the same playbook, same mail-in ballots, same machines, same everything. Right. And you want us to go in and vote for Loeffler and Purdue, who have done nothing for um, defending Trump, who didn't even show up to this rally and listen to our concerns, who aren't speaking out about the, um, the rigged election, who won't call for a special session. And these people are saying, look, we want a special session now. We want a special session. We want to fix the system. Otherwise, it doesn't even matter if we vote. Um, right. And so that's what this whole stink about Sidney Powell, Linwood, Breitbart, Trump War Room, all that came into play. Boom. On, on Wednesday night, it caused this whole storm. Ooh, that was insane. Yeah, so Breitbart puts out this hit piece after... Linwood and Sidney Powell did a uh, a Trump rally, a rally uh, in Georgia, and so this rally they talked about they talked about the fraud. Um, they talked about how Trump won the election and how you know the, the system was rigged, and they went into some details about it. Linwood was very vocal about the local government there. Uh, the corruption and about how um, Purdue and Loeffler have not been stepping up. They've been silent. All right. They're like MIA. Okay. Right. And, and saying, look, look, if you guys, you know, want our votes, the deplorables votes, you guys need to step up and uh, represent us um, on this whole rigged system. And so, and, and hold them accountable. So that's what he was saying. But it turned out, you know, that they were, so, so Breitbart did this hit piece on, on it, uh, basically saying, look, Lynn Wood uh, has donated to Democrats and insinuating that Linwood is a wolf in sheep's clothing, right? And that right. he's like he's involved in some conspiracy uh, to to disenfranchise, you know, or or to discourage the, the vote. Democrats he supported financially yeah. the years, but they didn't go into any of the Republicans he supported or how much he's put towards, you know, Trump. Yeah, and I have to and I have to credit uh, national polls because the next day, mm -hmm. Thursday, they put out actually the full. 
uh, all of all of his donations, including the Republicans ones as well, which he donated a ton to Trump. And um, I don't think Lynn is denying the fact that he used to donate to Democrats. I think that he's right. his whole testimony is that, you know, I'm I'm pro Trump, you know, um, and that's what I support now. You know, and there's a lot of people that really have that same sentiment where they were like, "Look, I don't like the Democrats or Republicans. I like Trump," right. you know. But the crazy part to this whole shit show was that Trump War Room then retweeted the Breitbart article, which Trump War Room shows on their Twitter page that they are run by the Trump campaign team. So. Right. Right. So that's what really fueled the fire when everyone started going nuts on this. Absolutely, it did. And Gingrich, Newt Gingrich has weighed in on this. I mean, so like there's lines in the sand being drawn right now. There's two camps on this whole Georgia debacle. One camp is saying, look, we know it's distasteful to have to vote in this upcoming election because you know of all of the, uh, the election fraud that took place on November 3rd, but you have to do this. You have to get out the vote and vote for Loeffler and Purdue. Otherwise we lose the Senate. And I understand that strategy. I understand that strategy. I understand what is at stake because if, if we lose the Senate, all this work that Trump's done for the four years, has, it, it starts getting rolled back chipped away chipped away chipped away right but then you and, have people on the other side saying well yeah but these two aren't doing shit so how do we know yep. they're not in bed with the dems and exactly other rhinos out there and and they yeah. already probably know it's rigged and probably know that the dems are going to win anyways so like they're not even probably you know they're they're totally silent right now yeah and so um this is the problem this is a debacle in in georgia and this is why the the georgians are pissed because you know they don't want to throw away their vote they want republicans in this in those seats but they want real republicans not republicans who are in bed with the democrats or who are corrupted or who aren't going to represent them um right. so i think that it's you got to take a bit of both i'll you know not going to tell people what to do or what to think on this i personally believe it, it was total bs for breitbart to do that hit piece on linwood it's total bs that trump war room uh tweeted that out um i don't think that's cool to to start infighting when we already right. have so much against us right now when there right. are warriors out there fighting for the good um it does not help our situation to be knocking them nice. uh, number one not a smart move, number one. Number two, I understand the argument that, look, we'd still need to get out the vote. But see, I just don't understand how you tell people, look, we know it's a rigged system. Sorry, there's nothing we can do about it, but vote anyways. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, we yeah. need to hold these people accountable and say we want a, a free and fair vote. Um, call a special session. That's all that Lynn and Sydney were saying in that rally is call a special session. Demand a special session. rectify this right here and now, this year, on our elections, we're screwed. I know. I know. I mean, we already know on. there's been a ton of fraud over the last couple decades, if not more. There's, you know, there's always been fraud there. Um, but this was off the charts, blatant in our face. Uh, media covering it up and hiding it. It's, it's so beyond obvious. Anyone who can do math, just basically you can get a high school kid to look at these numbers for God's sakes and see that this is statistically impossible. So, you know, and then you just, uh, some of these people and even some of the people on the right that, that tweet out, Oh, we'll just need to accept that he lost. And, you know, there wasn't, uh, there wasn't major fraud <laughs> and, or Trump's just telling lie after lie. And, oh, I just want to knock some people out. <laughs> yeah, I absolutely do. Because where I'm at right now, I just want to knock some people out. Yeah, we we need some more people standing up to this. I mean, because it's frustrating. It's not just the Democrats we're we're fighting against. It's the ones, the the weak Republicans who refuse to do anything. I mean, right. we're we're at a point here where people do not have confidence in our election system. That is the foundation 
of our republic. And if we do not fix this now, this is a a huge, huge problem. And and look, it's it's not going to be solved with words. We need. We know we're heading right into new world order, one world governance, great reset, taking over, UN coming in, yada 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 yada. That's where this is going. So there won't even be any additional elections, in my opinion, if we don't fix this right now. Absolutely. 100%. Everything's on the line. People need to speak up, call their representatives, whatever they can do to make that difference and let that, their voices be heard because, you know, our representatives aren't representing us um, unless they are speaking up about this crap. So, yeah. yeah the, 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 the most positive thing you can take out of this whole lose, you know, losing all this corruption uh this fraud endeavor is that it's really brought it to the forefront of a lot of people people know now you know it's not a conspiracy theory it's not nothing people know that these elections are completely fraudulent yeah well some do that that is one benefit no not all but definitely a lot more yeah oh yeah so what's going on uh in your neck of the woods in australia uh australia Australia-China tension has been rising for a while now, over the last week, probably over the last month, actually. Um, Our Prime Minister's been quite quite, um, steadfast against China, which is surprising because it's not like a lot of the other places in the world that are kind of bearing down to them at the moment. Uh, So what, what, what happened with us is Australia backed... Uh, America and back to Trump's allegations of an independent inquiry over the COVID uh, pandemic uh, situation. And China didn't like that, of course. So they they got their they got their backup straight away. And then ever since then, it's kind of it it's been a, a complete war between Australia and China, and a China, China's trying to you know slap uh, tariffs on them for heaps of uh, things. The worst thing about uh, our relationship with China here is 39% of Australia's import is relied on China, mm. from our meat industry to our wine industry. So it's it's a fight that I expected kind of Scott Morrison to um, uh, like back, back off from. But he hasn't, which is really, really good. And then it kind of, then it really stepped up this week. And this is uh, probably the worst tensions have gotten probably in the last 50 years between us is when a diplomat in China posted a picture of Australian soldier uh, decapitating an Afghan child wrapped in an Australian flag. And that, that came from the actual foreign minister's Twitter account and was up for 24 hours. Wow. So that was really a knife um, in Australia. It's it's a complete, it's a fake image. It's a doctored image. Yeah. Uh, But when you have foreign ministers doing that of other countries, it's uh, really, really bad. Uh, So, yeah, it it is probably the lowest point we've been in for the last 50 years. Where we go from there, I'm not sure, but Australia has been calling out all of, all of China's, uh, you can say sort of misdeeds and it's been happening for a while. Um, it, it kind of first occurred in, in 2017 when Australia banned foreign political donations uh, because uh, it was warning of disturbing reports of Chinese attempts to influence the political process in Australia, which no doubt they have, you know, or they did have before they started to get, uh, chucked down. Uh, the following year, in 2018, Australia became the first country uh, to ban Chinese tech giants uh, Huawei from its mm-hmm. 5G network. So Australia's really been going at China here, and and that's just one thing I'm actually quite happy about. Um, there, but then again, you know, we do have a populist prime minister and who's who's not really taking those deals. But we've had local other governors that are kind of been selling land off to the Chinese and we know that there's no hard evidence of it but we can we can make assessments of it so that's that's kind of what's going on here where this is going to go who really knows I mean tensions don't seem to be going down at all 
and especially when you've got foreign ministers posting things like that. Uh, but Australia's not alone in this. I mean, United or the US, the Trump era was behind them. Um, and they've also got India and Japan support. So there's like a, a, a few countries going at, at China here. So it's going to be really interesting to see what happens, what comes out of it. But definitely what we need is to stop relying so dramatically um, on, on these imports to China. And I think a lot of countries in the world are kind of locked into that, which is a huge problem. And it's why a lot of people bow down to them. Yeah. Right. Lines are being drawn in the sand. It all goes back to China. Everything. Do you notice that? Mm-hmm. You know, um, alliances or, um, you know, are they an alliance or an adversary in each of these countries? And, uh, you know, you can see how uh, they're influencing and infiltrating, you know, here with the U.S. elections, and Australia and throughout the, the world, really. And it all comes back to that, them vying for power to be the next superpower. Yeah. So, mm, yes. interesting. Yeah, so like the only way a lot of people were saying that this is going to get resolved is uh, if Australia apologised for the COVID-19 inquiry uh, <laughs> China, um, which, no. Morrison, which Morrison, that Prime Minister, no. said uh, it will not re- reverse its China policy um, after what the Chinese embassy has done to Australia. Um, he said, I quote, I can assure you that we will always be Australia and act in our own uh, interest and in accordance with our own values. So um, it's really good to see him stand out. I, I mean, I really hope he doesn't. It doesn't look like he will because it's been carrying on for a while now and Australia don't seem to be budging in this fight. But it, it does hurt, hurt, hurt a lot of industries. I mean, the wine industry at the moment is copying it really hard because they've become sort of like a political pawn with, um, you know, the slapping of tariffs and uh, tariffs and taxes and all that going in that industry. And they're just kind of – a lot of these industries are stuck in the middle, you know, which right. is bad, but they're just, you know, it's – just one of these wars that you're going to have to, you know, you're not going to bow over to China when they try to intimidate you like that. Right. Mm. Well, I'm just looking at my notes here going, hmm, all these things were thrown, going through my head while you were talking. And I was even thinking back to my report I did on the energy and, and Trump locking all that down. And that played a direct role with uh, China as well. And in fact, they were talking about um, they were working on passing a bill at that time on uh, trying to get more like semiconductors produced over here, you know, different components that are used in our energy sources. And so, yeah, it has, it has been an ongoing struggle. So, and, yeah. and also, also Australia, you know, um, really took the back of the Hong Kong protesters. And I think that kind of pissed China off more than anything else. Yeah. So, and yeah. I, I think a lot of America did the same with that as well. So, Wow. Well, okay. So let me roll into these real quick. I had, um, I had an article on, uh, okay. So there's this wonderful history teacher out in a small town who, who emails on me on occasion, kind of gives me updates what's going on in their neck of the woods and, and, and was telling me about, um, his class and how they were had been studying the constitution for 12 weeks and uh and then he asked the class if they would be interested in um also reviewing the communist party usa constitution that was written in 2014 and so he had them you know read through everything and review it and then kind of write up their own observations and analysis on it and so this is this is written by a 17 year old uh male and I'm not going to read through it, but I'm going to link it under the video. I think it's really important for, you know, parents, students, teachers to, um, to do exercises like this, you know. I'm shocked. What kind of school it's, is this? Is it like a private school or is it a public school? No, it's a public school. It's just, it's a, it's a small town. <laughs> I'm not going to say where, but nice. it's a small town. And uh, 
You know, there are some wonderful teachers out there. I know there are many caught up in the teachers unions and the indoctrination and, and strict curriculum. And God knows we know there's many of them that are completely on board with brainwashing them into one views and ideologies. And this is what we want you to think. And we're not going to let you explore, expand your minds or make observations on your own. And so, so this is the kind of stuff that, that makes me smile and it's really important and even even like parents could be doing this at home you know like going especially right now with all the virtual schooling or non-schooling and you know just going through it and i understand believe me i get it that our constitution has been stomped on and our our whole legal system is is pretty corrupt but it's still something we have to continue to fight for. It's very important. So, so this was a good article um, that I put out this week. And then uh, James, I just published this morning, um, James wrote one on uh, Americans feel the crunch as food lines grow. And this is, this is pretty big. I mean, we have not seen food lines like this since the Great Depression. There's, they're showing that official unemployment rolls are indicating that there's 22 million people out of work right now. We know that the lockdowns and the business, non-essential business restrictions put so many people out of work, um, closed up their businesses, tons of small business owners. We also know that these food lines are a way of normalizing what they would like to move towards in the future. In fact, the other day I drove by, have you guys seen, um, well, you might not have speaker, but Edge, have you seen anywhere in your neck of the woods, the uh, Amazon, I forget what it's called. It's like, is it fresh food? Amazon fresh food or something are starting to pop up. Uh, no, actually. Little brick and mortars, Amazon, it's, it's either fresh food or something along those lines where they're going to have like little groceries and stuff. And I just thought, oh my God, this is where we're going to be standing in line to get our bread. <laughs> I, mean, uh, I mean, you know, you just, it's like the writing yeah. on the wall. You can see their planning and how they're building these, these step buildings. And in fact, Omar had tweeted out a, a something in a bill she's been wanting to pass about free rent and mortgages until until something like 30 or 90 days after the pandemic has concluded. So I take one look at that and oh my God, I see what they're doing here. So the so what she's proposing, which is insane, is that for everyone who's struggling right now, you don't have to pay your rent, you don't have to pay your mortgage, but don't worry landlords and lenders because we'll have your back. We'll reimburse you through the taxpayer dollars. So, you know, ultimately we're all still kind of paying one way or another here and, and you'll be covered. And again, this is another test pilot for them taking over housing because if they were to put something like that through, God help us, I hope they don't because where some people are probably going, yes, no mortgage payments for the next year. Great. And you wouldn't have to pay it doesn't back. Work like that. <laughs> right, right. That's when they come in and go, and we just raised your taxes to 40 or 50%. And we got this. We're going to take care of your housing from now on. So this is, you know, this is the crap they pull. But this nothing, is a really good. No, nothing is free. You end up paying, with, uh, paying for it one way or another. Exactly. So... But this is a good, it's a, it's a fairly quick read. It's a pretty short article, especially, you know, in, in uh, my world, it's a short article <laughs> that James wrote. It's really good. Um, just some data points here with the food lines going on in the different states, the meat industry. Uh, he got a quote from North American meat industry. And so I'll link to this one as well. Um, it's just, it's so, it's so frustrating what, what they are Mm, what they are doing to everyone it is and can you tell people to stop hoarding all the toilet paper again yeah I mean, right and the <laughs> oh it's so frustrating 
and paper towels and cleaning supplies. It's frustrating. Yeah, it, it's our uh, starting all over again, the scare tactics and the yep. hoarding. Yep. Everyone needs to pace themselves. So, okay. So then I released, and this is, this is the really important one. Um, so I'm working on a five-part report on COVID and it is strictly, I am pulling data from the data sources themselves, such as the CDC, the COVID tracking project, Johns Hopkins. Um, I'm sure I'm going to have some data in here from NIH and a couple others, but it's their data I'm working with, right? So there's no way they can weasel out of this. And so in part one, I had covered, um, in fact, I want to go find this tweet by Christy Nome because this was this was fantastic. I almost wish she would have tweeted it. You know, this would have come out like a week prior because I could have put this in with part one. Part one, I had covered the hospitalizations, how they're completely, completely blowing it out of proportion. And we went over that in the last podcast, so I won't go over it. But just a couple days ago, uh, Governor Christy Nome tweeted out. She said, more misleading reporting from CBS. There are 547 people statewide in the hospital in South Dakota with COVID. That's less than 20% of those hospitalized. Nearly 40% of our beds are empty. And doctors and nurses are doing an outstanding job taking care of those who need extra care. And so I loved it because she was completely outing CBS for exaggerating what was happening in South Dakota. And I wish, I wish we had more Christy gnomes out there because that was, you know, my whole point is, is the fear mongering that they're cranking out on all of this. And back in 2017, 2018 flu season, there was 810,000 hospitalizations, far more than this. Not to mention, we already know they're exaggerating the hospital numbers as it is. And if you have people that are already say in the hospital for something else, and then they test positive for COVID and they say, well, we need to move them to the COVID wing then. Okay, guess what? They're getting counted. So it's just, it's a shit show. So part two, I got into, uh, let me swing back over here. Okay, so this one is CDC's new pick and the hidden data. And Anyone can go in and see this for themselves. I, you know, I grabbed a screenshot. Of course, I link everything. But if you guys look at the, the, their weekly reports where they're showing all deaths involving COVID, you know, deaths from all causes. So what they have done, and this is why, you know, everyone keeps asking, well, what happened to the flu? It's because they're burying the freaking deaths together with COVID, influenza, and pneumonia. And so what they'll do is they'll say deaths involving pneumonia, influenza, or COVID, yeah. all deaths involving influenza with or without COVID or pneumonia. Like it's trickery, right? Yes, absolutely. So they can, it is. So they can hide the data and, and they don't have to show you how many actually died from COVID only, which that whole theory will come in part five of my report. But one number you can deduce from this is that, 45% of all, you know, COVID related deaths, over 45% of those people had pneumonia. So they probably, a lot of them probably had influenza too then, because a lot of influenza leads to pneumonia. And so what they do is they don't, you know, they have like this one little sentence that 6% of all COVID related deaths only indicate COVID as the cause on death certificates. Wow. So, I mean, that's huge. Mm -hmm. We're talking 94% of them have on average 2.6 comorbidities. So they're hiding the data on there. And, and, and in fact, they're showing that, um, so for their all deaths involving influenza, they're only showing 6,800 people. And this was, this, uh, I don't have the date on this one, but this was, um, this was either, this was like probably the first week, first or second week in November. So we're talking, we know it's way more than that for influenza. But I get into um, a lot of the data points here on this. And I, and I kept these pretty short. I mean, these are like under 10 minute reads. Um, I intentionally did that. And so in part three, what I'm working on is 
nursing homes and long-term care facilities. And I've got a lot of interesting data points to put into this one. So this one's taking me a bit longer. And part four is going to, is going to be on the tests themselves. And part five is going to be my theory and summing up all of these facts. So I'm trying to cover, show kind of the full scope of how they're manipulating the data. And the reason I'm targeting like the, the nursing homes is because they make up 40% of the alleged deaths. And oh, I, I can't wait to get this one all written up. That, that one, the nursing home one will definitely be um, longer than the first two because there's just, there's so much important information to get in there. They are just doing a number on people's minds. And it's so frustrating for me because the numbers are right here. It's just the way they display them is sheer manipulation and trickery. So unless someone was to sit down and take the time to really go through all this and cross-reference it, they're not going to know or fully understand the numbers, you know? Yep. Yep. It's in, it's designed that way. We're going to lump it all together because the COVID deaths are so low. We're yeah. going to have to lump it in with influenza and pneumonia. That's right. Then, yeah. And then it's hilarious. Uh, last night or last night. Yeah. Late last night, CNN breaking news tweets out. God, did you guys see this? Former presidents Barack Obama, George W. Bush, and Bill Clinton volunteer to get their eventual COVID-19 vaccines on camera to promote confidence in its safety. Yeah, <laughs> oh, good grief. No, I missed it. These yeah. are the same three presidents that are in my report. The, the book I started that I've had to table for now on the HIV AIDS slush fund agenda. Same three presidents yep. that pulled that shit off. Are, mm -hmm. are the ones doing this, which we know damn well that it's, it's, it's most likely not going to be an actual COVID vaccine that you're going to see. This Man. is what these people do. It's thin. Did you see, okay, so then the USA, um, I think it was USA, USA Today came out with um, an article and they were talking about uh, gosh, I can't even remember. I know Andrew Yang was hyping this up too, but I honestly can't remember like the people behind this idea that they should give $1,500 to each person who agrees to get vaccinated. So like a reverse stimulus bill, right? You, you get your vaccine and then you send in your proof and the government will send you a $1,500 check. And they're saying if we get 75% of people to do this, that'll be $360 billion, which is going to be far less than a, uh, if they were to do like a stimulus for everyone. And they're saying that, um, I don't know if they've done, they've done, you know, them in their polls, they're saying right now, 56% of Americans are seriously considering getting the vaccine. And so that $360 billion is obviously taxpayer dollars that would go out. Um, so if you don't get a vaccine, you wouldn't get your $1,500. I, I really don't see something like this flying, but this is one of their ideas they're talking about. <laughs> they can keep their damn right? money. They could offer me a million. Well, actually, I... Yeah. yeah. Bri they can keep will. my money since it's my taxpayer money. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Man. So, aye, aye, aye. so that's where, uh, that's where some of this is heading. And, uh, over the next week to two weeks, I'm going to get out parts three, four, and five and part five. Oh, well, that was another reason I couldn't sleep. I started writing part five in my head at like two or three in the morning. It just all started coming to me and I haven't even finished writing part three yet. <laughs> so. mm, you get there. I'll get there. Yeah. Really <laughs> important information. It is really important information and people like you are really important because you're doing the job that the media won't do. So oh, thank you we, very need, much. we need people like Corey, you know, oh, like Corey. Oh, diving okay. it's into not, it. It's not even that they won't do it. It's that they, they propagate the exact opposite. 
-hmm. and they, they just they fuel fear. They, yeah. they know what they're doing. That's their whole game, fuel fear. Yes, Exaggerate it is. numbers, hide numbers, manipulate numbers, and fuel fear. And condition, condition, condition. That's right. It's like those stupid circles, you know, I, that was something I tweeted out too last night. How they do like, why not squares? It's so much cheaper, easier, faster to mark squares on a floor or do die cuts of square stickers for grocery stores or spray paint square lines on grass instead of circles. No, they need the circles because the circles are the coronavirus image that they have been pumping out there to brainwash people forever. Mm. Circles, circles everywhere. Yeah. It's all a mind game. This, yeah. this whole year has been everything about a mind game. Total. It's like one long bad acid trip. <laughs> yes. Total psychological warfare happening. Not, not even the good kind. The bad kind. No, no, very bad trip. Very bad. <laughs> and next year we'll be having flashbacks. No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh well you gotta laugh about it sometimes because otherwise you'll go nuts look you have, to right. try to find, you have to try to find a way to stay happy in some way shape or form and that's something that i've uh been trying to work on more lately is that you know all these things are going on they're hard they're difficult they're hard to see we hate seeing injustice happen around us but at the same time we need to um control ourselves and our emotions and our own personal states so it's a real hard fight on every front but you know giving up is just it's not an option for any of us anymore doesn't matter who we are once you see it you can't unsee it and you just have to keep you know working towards something better that's right well, well said. you know the other day i i uh it was kind of a fun experiment for me i haven't run into a bunch of stores like i'll go into an occasional store but i haven't run into a bunch of stores in a while and so i went to uh went to the shooting range which was good fun and that was uh, a new shooting range for me and none of the people there were wearing masks which was fantastic and i felt like i walked into a giant toy store it was good fun and then i went to i went into uh a harbor freight and of course, they asked me where my mask was. And I said, oh, I can't wear one. So she said, well, just follow the CDC guidelines and stand six feet apart from people in here. Yeah, okay. Then I went into a Home Depot and nobody there stopped me. Um, and of course, in all places I went into, every single person was wearing a mask but me. And then I went into a uh, Walgreens and they've gotten to know me there. So they don't really question me anymore. And then where else did I go? Oh, I went into uh, an auto shop. I need to get a new mirror for my truck. And, and the woman said, oh, sweetie, do you have your mask with you? I said, no, sure don't. I, I can't wear one. And she just kept walking. So, you know, I know it's different in every town and every state, but I really think it's important that people just, you know, they start doing this and taking a stand. In fact, did you see Polly? <laughs> She cracks me up. Amazing Polly. She went out and they wouldn't let her in. They made her leave at a couple stores. So she put a paper bag over her head and cut holes out for her eyes. And then like wrote on the back of it that you are being lied to on this pandemic. <laughs> and uh, it was really funny. She made like a little five minute video talking about it. It was really funny. <laughs> so they, they, but they let her in with it on. I mean, hey, it's a mask. I said, God, that would be hilarious for like a group of friends to go in and each one have a different fact written on the back of the bag, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I saw a vid that was good. It was a guy walking into a convenience store. He had his mask in his hand. And the, the shop owner is like, uh, you got to put your mask on. And he's like, no, I don't. And, and he said, yeah, it's right there on the sign. And he said, no, your sign didn't say put the mask on. It said you can't enter without a mask. I got my mask here. I'm not putting my mask on. You need to change your sign. That's hilarious. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. Oh, we have to have fun with it. It would be pretty funny, though, if, you know, tons of people in the town were just walking around with paper bags over their faces. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, what, what a crazy world. So, I'm sure some new big bombshell is going to drop tonight before we publish in the morning. It always does. I, know, I, was, I was so mad when, with the Flynn pardon, when that happened right <laughs> after we're like, ah. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks guys for joining us here today on Dig It with the speaker, myself, the Sharp Edge, and Corey Lynn of Corey's Digs. Please be sure to share this podcast. We're on Google Play, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and of course, YouTube. We'll see you back next time right here on Dig It.